Thanks for continuing on our trip down memory lane with us. This episode features more of those amazing client stories. But before you start listening, are you new to ACNA Open Mic? Have I not introduced myself to you previously? Well, my name is Rebecca Woods and I am your very proud host of ACNA Open Mic. I'm also called Beck, but why I wanted to introduce myself is to say that I love hearing from you. I love getting emails, so rebecca.woods at acna.org.au. And more importantly, I would also love to have you as a guest on ACNA Open Mic. We're starting to record our next season, and I would love to hear from all of you. Enjoy this episode. Josie, thank you so much for offering to be on podcast and um, jumping in to being the first person that I'm interviewing alone that is going to share their client story with us. So would you like to jump in and talk about your client? Okay. So um, someone who came to mind for me was a gentleman in Capel, that's in Southwest WA. So I went to assess him quite some time ago and arrived and he had multiple hazards inside and outside his home. He was quite a young man for who we assessed. I think he was only like 65 or 66. So it's just kind of scraped into the My Age Care portal and had been on disability payments previously, but with no support. And his home, he built it in 2014 with a shared equity and kind of had good intentions, but just could not manage. And he was trying to get away from that lifestyle and start his own. Um, But because he had lots of health issues and mobility and pain problems, so his floor was just, he had a cat and it was thick with fur. He could hardly breathe in there and there was just paperwork and everything had just piled up and got beyond him. So I was like, okay, we've got a big challenge on here. But I could see that if we could get some support in, um, basically we worked with an OT, physio, we got domestic assistance in, therapy assistant and he had someone coming in and doing a home exercise program and then eventually got the house to a point where he could then maintain it so this is over like 12 weeks and then now is back to doing some of his old things with the computing he's also able to manage to drive to a nearby town to go to the swimming pool I actually haven't spoken to him for a few months since COVID because this is prior to that but I'm hoping that things are okay because he would kind of finish their reablement with me so I don't know where he's at now but it was a great outcome because it went from someone that was just like completely over their head not able to cope and you could see it was only going in one direction and his mental health was suffering to the point where he's got his home in a in a space and like safe living environment and home some home mods happened as well so he was he's able to be safe in his home and without the hazards and getting back to doing some activities that he wanted to do in the first place but couldn't. So I was really excited about that outcome. That is a great story. Thank you, Josie, for sharing that uh, client success story with us. My pleasure. Do you want to tell us about maybe one of those stories in what you get to see each day? The clients I enjoy the most are probably the more complex clients, the ones where the complexities are there and you've just got to unpick all this information. Um, But I do enjoy one I had recently was a man who basically came through for shopping. So he self-referred himself for shopping. Um, I got there. He had his uh, GP letter, had all these diagnoses written down, and he basically said, 
I can't do my shopping. His problem was that when he was walking around the shops, he experienced pain in his calf. And the more walking he did, the more painful it became. So he interpreted that as being, well, I can't do this because it's really painful. So I was trying to talk to him and at the same time read through his, his diagnosis. And it actually had it written there that he had peripheral artery disease. So PAD, a common symptom of that is what's known as intermittent claudication. So intermittent claudication is actually a symptom that people experience with pain in the calf muscle. The more that they walk, the more pain they experience. So this light bulb sort of went off and I sort of said, well, look, if you were to stop, does this pain go away? And he goes, yeah. As soon as I stop, the pain goes right back down and I keep walking. So what I really enjoyed about that was actually educating him and say, well, look, this may be a symptom of this. Talk to us about you know, with your doctor, but what you're actually doing in terms of walking is actually a treatment of potentially this condition, but you should speak to your doctor. So the value and the time that we spend with people is only something I've just reflected on. Most people will spend 5, 10, 15 minutes with their GP. But if you look at it from an assessor point of view, we can spend 45, 50 an hour and a half sitting with someone. So the amount of time that we have their attention for and and vice versa, we have that ability to impart a lot more knowledge or a lot more impact on their life because we're there for so long. So that's something I've really taken up until this point for granted to going, well, I'm there. So if I can help them in more ways than one, then why shouldn't I? What a great reflection, Ryan. I am so stoked that you could share that on the podcast. What's um, one of the stories, Joe, that you're just so proud of? Like at the end of it, you just thought, yeah, we did the most amazing job and we changed that client's life. I think um, ones where you go and the client has completely given up and is fed up with the system as um, it's often referred to. And, you know, we've, we've had clients where you go and they've been in their bed during the assessment and have given up on life and you put them under, put some supports in place and refer them for supports. And there was one particular client that... She was, well, virtually palliative and we thought, you know, we were told she'd probably have passed on in the next month. And um, she was put under reablement for a month and going back and seeing how she was, she was completely different. She was walking around, she was back out in the community, she was back cooking and, you know, there was just nothing there that was like, you know, she was going to be passing away another four weeks. She she was just different. She's, no, I'm here and I'm living now and, and quite happy to be doing what she was doing. And I think that whole approach of going in being open-minded and not assuming that because we're told someone's palliative and or hasn't got much time left, don't always think that that, that is the way it is. Oh, that's an excellent story, Joe. Thank you.
Kathy, do you have one of those clients where you think, wow, yeah, that was really amazing to see what our role can do for a client's life? I do, actually. I went to see a gentleman who lived with his sister and they were still living in the same house that they were born in. She wouldn't let anybody come into the house, so he had terrible ulcers on his legs because couldn't get anybody in to dress them. Because he was, when we went to see him, he was bent over. He was huddled in his anorak and he was just... He was so fearful, but we ended up, she got some supports in place and eventually she moved into care, which was probably better for her. But when we next went out to see him, he was, you know, we got some supports in, his ulcers started to heal up. He was standing tall and he was, I think Joe, you even came with me and he was standing there showing Mm. us how he uses his sort of milk bottles as weights to do his exercise routines Mm. and, yep, and just now the last sort of, you know, whatever, whatever time he's got left, he can live it, you know. To his best and she's also in a better place too so I think that you know it was a good outcome for both of them. Thank you Kathy that oh you guys rock. <laughs> <laughs> I, get, I get very moved hearing your stories. 